spoken lately. I haven't thought about flying for a long time. I haven't dreamed of that moment when I was alone above the clouds for a long time. I haven't dreamed of waking up in a room surrounded in blue and green grass more years than I could dream of memory. I haven't walked back into the past or scratched on the doors of my origins, where it all came from, since I held up that cape for the last time. Return to Kent Town 10th year anniversary edition is a revised version of Ambien's first poetry book. The book can be purchased from Amazon and it contains numerous additional material. Spoken Hi, it's Ambien from Spoken Label. Thank you today for streaming or downloading another episode of Spoken Label. Spoken Label was originally set up on beginning of the 2016 and as of speaking has currently nearly 300 sessions. The full archive is available on Spoken Label full stop bandcamp.com although it is available for free for stream and download if you wish i am always grateful for any sort of kind of donation to enable to me to keep the running costs this podcast going and enjoy take care bye-bye spoken label hey guys and the end spoken label back in the house on a very warm wednesday evening as well so we're actually in england today which is a good reader sometimes because i do love chatting to international writers but sometimes it's nicer to chat to someone a bit more local now we're heading what we are heading down south so I've got a lovely lady with me who got in touch recently and she managed to completely confuse me because I thought she really wanted to come onto my open mic night. Well, after chatting to her a couple of hours, I think apparently she wanted to come on Spoken Label. So, <laughs> but anyway, you did. Lovely, lovely to meet you. So, first of all, thank you. Would you like to tell everybody obviously who you are, where yeah. you come from, and what started you off on your journey? Yeah, so I'm Eden Gruger from the nearly always sunny Essex, just outside of London, as you see, no fake eyelashes. You'll have to take my word that everything else is my own as well. Um, <laughs> and, um, yeah, so I write, um, well, it's called, depending on your point of view, semi-fiction or mem- in memoir-style um, stories about um, dating and women's lives and the kind of crazy things that happen to me I'm always I'm that person that I could fall over my own feet and yeah I'm just uh, uh, I'm just an embarrassment basically Andy that's what I'm trying to tell you um yeah I started writing um well I was I always wrote from from when obviously I was at school I was always writing stories I'd spend my summer holidays writing stories I was that kid I didn't want to play outside I wanted to read I wanted to write and um and from the moment that I learned to read and it, it crossed my mind that there's someone actually creating these stories that I'm enjoying, that's all I ever wanted to do. But I was told, as I'm sure many of us were, writing is not a job. Writing is not a proper job. You can't rely on writing. Um, so I didn't. And I did as I was told. And I went to college and I learned about business. And I went into business and I didn't enjoy business. Um and I went into sales and marketing. Um, so I've sold all sorts of things. I've sold cars and mobile phones and PCB design software. And yeah, I, even I don't understand what I was doing. Um, and um, and then luckily, 
and I do say luckily, I had um, a big, um, used to be called a nervous breakdown. Now it's called an episode, but you can call it what you like. It's the same thing. Um, I, I just absolutely fell apart. And, um, and that was brilliant for me because then it meant I didn't have to work for a period of time while I was recovering. I did an open university degree to get me back on my feet and get my brain working. And then it just suddenly occurred to me, now is the time. I haven't got to pay a mortgage or, you know, do the nine to five. This, this is the message from the universe. Get yourself to the laptop woman and start writing. And I did. I started a blog and it was well received. So I thought, let's do a book. And I did. Brilliant. Now, obviously today, I know you've done two books. So we're gonna, I want to ask you about both of them because certainly now, obviously your first book, which is it's, a, mm, it's an interesting title, this one straight away, Down With Frogs, <laughs> which came out, yes. which was August 2018. I love what you've written on your website here. It's described as a collection of humorous, candid, located, tragic stories about the frogs you have to kiss before you find your prince or give up looking. So tell us about this book then. And obviously, I'm not going to ask you how true to life it is. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> well, a lot of the stories, um, I didn't get married till I was 35. So I had, sadly, or luckily for the book, lots of experience of, of uh, frogs. And not a single one of them turned into a prince. Although I have to say, I don't think I was necessarily a princess myself. Um, but um, all those experiences um, and, and just, you know, the, the funny just the funny people that I came into contact with and a lot of my friends had these kind of frog stories as well and I just thought it needs to be a book they, these things need to be told um and yeah so Down With Frogs was created um and then my second book is called Laughing At Myself because I just I am just a, a oh god I'm always tripping over things, doing stupid things. Like I said, I'm just a one-woman calamity. Um, but I'm always laughing at myself. I don't take life too seriously. Stuff happens, you know. And and if I was, I have a very low, uh, sorry, a very high embarrassment threshold because if it was low, I probably would have died of embarrassment a long time ago. Um, so laughing at myself is just about all the things that have happened to me, the times when... You know, I, I've fallen over in job interviews or I've said completely the wrong thing or I've been caught out having a wee behind a bush. These things happen <laughs> to me all the time. So, yeah, and I just wanted to let this, this you see, uh, this is why I think of it, Andy, there's two types of women and you can tell what type of woman they are by getting them to eat a sausage roll. Now, bear with me. There's the kind of woman that she can eat a sausage roll or any other pastry and she'll be immaculate. There will be not a crumb on her. And then there's the other ones, which I am, where give us a pastry. We will end up looking like we've just rubbed it all over ourselves. We will. There'll be more pastry on us than in us. And I am that sort of woman. And I just wanted my fellow um, Calamity Janes to know they weren't alone. And that oh, um, excellent. someone excellent. is actually making a, a career out of it. <laughs> Excellent. I won't need to ask him what you like in the pub of the three pints, three glasses of wine. Oh, and don't, don't. Oh, I actually thought that would actually down the line that would make a good book, but um, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure even my embarrassment threshold could take that one. 
<laughs> Brilliant. Now, obviously, with you doing obviously two books yourself, one, I know what the first one came out in 2018, and the second one obviously came along nearly two years later. Did you find yeah. them, obviously, when you did Laughing at Myself, your second book, how did that compare with writing the first one? Um, it was actually quite a bit harder because um, the first one, I didn't have any expectations. It was just, a, 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 it, I was doing it for myself. It was a personal challenge. Um, but Down With Frogs was so much more successful than I had anticipated. I prepared for failure. I had not prepared for success. Um, so laughing at myself was a real, a real struggle. And I had three different um, drafts and I wasn't sure which one am I going to go with. Um, and so I'd sort of three quarters written all three drafts on three different subjects before I made my mind up which one was going to be next. So, wow. um, yeah, so it does mean that the next two will come out quicker because they're, they are waiting. Well, that's good news and straight away that, because I'm always believe that. Oh, you always say, don't you, like, when you're trying to be a writer and stuff, sometimes it's a case of getting the books out, not necessarily as quick as you can, but keeping on a good steady pace. And that's really good, that, straight yeah. away. So Now, obviously, I want to know then, obviously, like, as a person, um, do you actually go around reading these stories out of readings, or have you mostly been doing them, like, most just publishing or doing chats about yourself, have you? Sorry, say that bit again. I'll okay, um, obviously, listen to yourself, because you can see talking to you, a character straight away. Now, <laughs> have you actually done re any readings of, to the public? Yes. Place? Yeah, I absolutely love doing readings. What, what have you done? Have, I, you blown, have you gone to a bookshop and blown up the PA system here by touching it? I, I, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, I, I've done that. I've I've been, I've been doing book groups, and obviously online has been amazing. I've done lots of women's networking events, it's just been fab, yeah. It's been really great. Yeah, I think a lot of lockdowns done this, hasn't it, really? Because it's encouraged us really to look and change the way we do everything. So, now have you Definitely. found that yourself over lockdown? Have you then? I've loved it. It's, <laughs> from a purely selfish point of view, it's been so helpful for me because I was used to going here, there, and everywhere all around the UK to meet people and do things, and and it would take obviously a lot of time and energy. Um, and even just to go to a meeting, especially living down south, the traffic is just ridiculous. Um, and I remember the worst one was I went to a lunch meeting, which finished at two. We got caught in traffic, didn't get back till half past ten at night, which Ooh. was not. I know that was a that was an ouch moment. Um, so for me, being able to do it all online is just fantastic. It's really helped a massive. And I'm sure I'm reaching people that normally I wouldn't wouldn't have found or wouldn't have found me. Yeah, no, I think you got to agree with it straight away. Over lockdown, the period itself, it has changed a lot the way you conduct ourselves. And I think to some degree, it's made life a lot easier, particularly with obviously discovering yeah. Zoom and stuff, hasn't it? So, because uh, I'd never heard of Zoom before. I, I wouldn't have, if somebody had said Zoom, I'd have thought, mm, no, no. I had heard of it, but I don't ever used it once, to honestly. So, <laughs> like I said, but now I, I want to ask you as well, because I know obviously, you're passionate about literacy issues. So I know yeah. you work, and this is this one, I respect you a lot, this, because I, I can relate to this. You know, I know you've gone on your website, but your work's formatted following the British Dyslexia Association research. So I'm dyspraxic, yeah. so that's straight away, I can understand what you're on about there. 
Me too. I I was wondering about that then, because I would would have never directly said it, because I always believe that when you've dyspraxic, you've got coordination problems, obviously, as well as dyslexia. And that's why, like, I'm notorious where I work, like, standing up, turning the bed to pull something on with some desk, missing the chair and it to the floor. Yeah. And then, and then, and then, and then I've done it and worked once and knocked myself out. The time I pulled myself back up, whacked me head on the table, and I was out for five minutes. Oh, no. Yeah. See, I can totally understand that. I'm constantly, the furniture in my house doesn't move, but. I can go for weeks, I'm fine. Then all of a sudden I'll start banging into things, and I, but I know it hasn't moved. So how has my brain forgotten where all my furniture lives? I don't know, but hey. Yeah. Well, when did you discover you were dyspraxic then? Was it quite later on in life? It was, yeah. It wasn't until um, I'm in my late 40s now, and it was uh, early 40s um, before, um, and I have dyscalculia as well. Oh, yeah. I know someone's got that, yeah. Yeah. yeah, numbers and, and recognise. If I see someone out of context, it's like I've never met them before. And, and that's happened to people I'm actually friends with, which is quite embarrassing. Um, but, yeah, my brain is just working differently, and that, that's fine by me. But, yeah, so the, the, the whole kind of idea behind following the, the um, dyslexia guidelines is that um, my brother-in-law and my niece are dyslexic. And, obviously, we share a lot of the let's say unusual traits they're not unusual for us but for the general people and a lot of my friends are dyslexic and because of that they would never think of picking up the book um because reading's not for them and that really ticked me off because I don't believe in that if if you want it to be for you it's for you but um when I started looking at what was needed so it's a, a bigger than average font in a regular shape um, with wider space in between lines and things like if there's a new chapter or a new story, having that in bold so that it's a really important visual cue to somebody, that that's the end of that. Um, and I realised that oh, how many books are like that? Like hardly any. Um, and I um, I really like the the quick read series where they're, they're kind of small books written by well-known authors, just short stories, um, but even them, um, that they're not strictly following the guidelines, that they may well be for general literacy issues, but I still don't think they're massively accessible for people with dyslexia. And, and I think that's wrong. So I decided to do something about it. I respect you definitely that straight away. So as that said, I need to put you in contact. I know probably does, it does a lot of that sort of stuff as well. So I'll put I'll get you both to network. You might have to do some networking together. Oh. She's dead nice as well. Lives in Birmingham. Not gonna name her. I'll we'll pass it on okay. private. So but yeah, no, it's Mr. Nice, like I said before. How does this impact on your writing then, basically? Because I know once I'm a poet and I've got a three quarters of a complete novel, and the novel has took me forever to write because it's I can go back and I'll read it a month after I wrote part of it and I'm thinking, oh, that's complete gobbledygook. Do you find that, did you find out a lot of these books in yourself? Well, do you know what I do? And what I always recommend people to do is just literally write your idea from start to finish. Don't worry about making sure that it flows or that it's not, you know, because sometimes there's inconsistencies. Don't worry about that. Just get it out from the first words to the end. And then you can go back and work on it. And that's what an editor is for. So I can't do grammar. I, I still, I just genuinely, I can see it on a page and I, and I know 
what it's supposed to mean, but I don't use it myself. So when I did my degree, my tutor used to say, you've got the longest sentences of anyone I've ever met because I, I just wouldn't put in commas or full stops because it's alien to me. I don't worry about it anymore because that's what editors are for. So it's just a case, just because you, you, we have fantastic ideas and we have these different ways of thinking that just make us so so much more creative and I really believe that so it's just get it all out on paper or if you can't even write it every mobile phone every device has got a voice recorder now use it and then it can transcribe it for you and then it goes to the editor no brilliant no no I completely agree completely agree everything you say there with that so you're definitely right with that so completely so now I want to ask you as well today now obviously I know you just don't do Book writing as well because if people look at your website like it's i like the fact where you you're going into that public speaker as well so tell us yeah. about you as a public yeah. speaker then because i want to know obviously as a fellow dyspraxian i'm very very good at speaking to people but yeah. i have had accidents when i'm doing public speaking before so i've been treated on what's happened to you as well <laughs> well so far i think the worst thing that's probably happened to me, oh, it, and it was, it was the first time I was speaking to this particular group and there was a couple of ladies there that I really, really wanted to impress. And so I'd made, I'd made my little index card and I'd numbered them so that, you know, they would stay in place. But then somehow between numbering them and stapling together, I don't know what happened, but they were not in order. So, and I was totally prepared and organised, but I thought I will use my cards just to make sure I stay stay on the straight and narrow. And, and then I started starting to read and then got to the end, flipped it over, looked and I thought, oh no, that's not what I'm talking about. And then my brain just went, you don't know what you're talking about, do you? And just sort of stopped. And I was just like, ah, and I thought, just smile, quick flick. And because they'd got in a, in a total muddle, by the time I found the bit and then I, my brain went, oh, no, no, it's all right, well, let's reboot. You do know what you're talking about. I, I just lost it. And I was just laughing at myself, as I do. Um, yeah, so that was not my most impressive moment for sure. Um, but generally, I try to be more organised and I make sure that I really practice what I'm going to say and I only ever talk about subjects that I'm really passionate about because then hopefully I'll infuse the audience. You never know your luck. So, yeah, I love to. One of the things I talk about is um, invisible disability. Another thing that obviously I love to talk about is publishing and how if you really want to do it, you, you can do it. Um, with the rise of self-publishing and indie publishing, you can have a really great career if you're prepared to learn what the business is all about and yeah crack on but yeah so that they are kind of my two pet subjects brilliant yeah i can see that straight away because i it's talking about the publisher i think it kind of brings you nicely into the last but one topic i want to talk to you about today as well is you've got a really good section on your website about make your book a reality when you're going about yeah. master classing and helping people out with the writing and stuff now I should have asked you a moment ago, so I have to ask you two questions at once now, just to confuse you, because that's when my brain thinks. Was um, I want to know, first of all, obviously, about obviously, what led you into doing your public speaking, as with this masterclass as well. 
I think it feels like they've, they've, they've built both run hand in hand, really. Yeah. Well, when I, I've, right back in the beginning, when um, just, just after um, Down With Frogs had come out, I started working with a coach and she was amazing. She was really blunt and ballsy. And I like that in a person. Um, and, um, and she was just like, well, what's the purpose? Why are you doing this for? Is it a hobby or like, what, what are you doing? And so I really had to examine my motives. And I think my biggest thing was to get across to people that um, you can have something that in theory is holding you back. Um, like, um, you know, where, where I had um, a big breakdown and it left me with loads of anxiety and I've got um, a sensory processing disorder and obviously the dyspraxia, dyscalculia. These are all things that could lead me to say, oh, well, I, I won't fulfill my dreams. I won't do X, Y, Z. But I won't say a rude word. I thought, no, below that, I, I'm going to push forward. And I want to get across to other people, particularly younger people that maybe, you know, they're being told this isn't a job. This isn't something you should give your energy to. Don't don't pay any attention to that. Yes, you will need something that's going to pay the bills, but grab your passion and, and live it, do it. Don't let people hold you back and, and don't let life get in the way. And, you know, don't, whatever your disability is, you like everybody else, there's things that you're less good at and things that you're better at and things that you're brilliant at. Focus on the things that you're brilliant at. Everything else can take care of itself and everybody Whatever condition they're in, whatever state they're in, whatever bits they might have missing, there are things that they are incredible at that other people wouldn't ever consider doing. You know, we just, I just literally watched um, the start of the Paralympics. There was a lady swimming with no arms. There was a lady swimming with no arms. My goodness me, if she can do that, literally, what excuse are we going to have for not fulfilling our dreams? So, yeah, I am, um, I really wanted to kind of, shout that from the rooftops and and so for me the public speaking I just had to do it and the more people that I spoke to and the more people that kind of responded to my speaking um and I realized that people were really scared of trying to publish or trying to have an author business because it just seemed big and overwhelming and they didn't know where to get the right information as I'm sure you've seen yourself, that they're on every writer's forum. Someone's got to only ask a question of how does this work? What's that? They will be inundated for people trying to sell them things before they've finished pressing the return button. And oh, there's yeah. Pet Moaner, I, yeah, I had that on Monday. I was asking a question on something on some forum and about podcasting. And this is what people bear in mind is I had 10 people come from this band box trying to Sell, I will sell you. I will sell you great marketing. And I thought, I'm not even asked for that. <laughs> no, exactly, exactly. But the thing is, if you were inexperienced and confused, you might well think, "Oh, brilliant! They they've reached out to me. They must be good." And you could spend loads of money to get it at best a rubbish service, and at worst, no service at all. So I just really wanted to reach those people and say. This is the absolute basics. I'm not just going to tell you why you need to do something. I'm going to tell you how to do it in super straightforward terms. And then you can do it. 
So that's why I started out of your head and onto the page because it's just so important to me that if people really want to do it, that they get the right advice to to achieve yeah. their dreams. Respect you for that, Eden, straight away with that. So you've got, you've got my respect definitely with that. So now that's pretty well covered all I want to ask you today. So we're going to have a wrap up now. A couple of things to conclude with today. I always like asking artists and writers, what second or finish with tonight, what do you have planned next? Well, so um, I've got... I have got two kind of separate things. Number one is the third uh, fiction book, which is called Friends and Frulies, which as it sort of like adjusts my dentures, um, and that is a collection of stories about those friends that maybe they're not actually friends. They might be, it's kind of like an update of the frenemy idea, but now the young people are calling it frulies and obviously I'm down with the kids. (laughs) So that's that. And then um, I've actually got... um, 12 non-fiction guides coming out one for each of the courses and master classes in out of your head and onto the page because wow. not everybody learns from listening some people need to read the information so that's going to be the next thing and hopefully brilliant. they'll all be out before i know it brilliant okie dokie then right obviously if people want to find out more about you eden where are the best going so the best place to uh, check me out is on my website, which is online, And there you will find my author page. You'll find my um, out of your head and onto the page, make your book a reality area and um, yeah, everything else you need to know. Brilliant. Well, that's been fantastic today. So I know you're going to do something for this, read out some of this in the second half. I don't know what yet. So this is this always adds to the <laughs> always adds to the fun. This does definitely. So, but I don't know what they're doing. Let people surprise me. But thank you, Edith. It's been a pleasure this first half. So thank you. Hang around, everybody. We shall be right back. Spoken, mate. Hey guys, still here with Eden. We're having a good chat off Mike here about um, dodgy work, <laughs> dodgy jobs we've both worked out over the years, which is certainly not broadcastable because it meant a pair of us look like an absolute homicidal maniac. So, <laughs> anyway, Eden, uh, straight over to you, my friend. I know you can do an extract from one of your books for us, aren't you? I am. So, this is from Going Home to Meet the Parents, Chaz. So, After a while of awkward questions aimed at their son, how are you getting on with the mortgage? Have you been offered a promotion? They both showed us upstairs to our room. We were in the same room, but with twin beds with a cupboard between, and we were told that we don't expect anything to go on in this house. They showed us where we could put our bags, on the floor, definitely not on the chairs or the bed covers. Next was the shower room. We were fortunate to have an ensuite, and after talking me through the furniture in the room, Mr. Tighty told me he would explain the instructions to the shower. Now, I assumed that the instructions would tell me about temperamental fittings, but they did in fact tell me exactly how to shower in their home. The instructions were actually typed, laminated, and fixed to the wall next to the cubicle, and read like this. Number one, do not run the shower before getting under the water. Number two, stand under the flow for a maximum of 30 seconds. Three, turn the water off, apply soap and shampoo. Four, after washing, there is a further 90 seconds allowed to have the water back on to rinse. 
And no, this was not a joke. This was water conservation at its most militant. The toilet in this bathroom was for urination only. If you wish to defecate, there is a bathroom downstairs for that. After the parents were satisfied that I understood the rules and agreed to abide by them, they went downstairs, leaving the bedroom door open. No sneaky kissing in this house. I whispered my hilarity over the military operation that had been our arrival, but Chaz was not joining in, through fear of hidden cameras, I think. Asking what would happen if I broke the rules, Chaz looked stricken as he told me about an incident with a previous girlfriend who he'd brought home who suffered from OCD. The poor girl needed three showers a day, which resulted in Mr. Tighty banging on the ensuite door, telling her she'd used too much water and that she had to come out of the bathroom immediately, and he would wait there until she did. I can only wonder why that relationship came to an end. Fantastic. That's, that's such a good little ending you got there, definitely, as well with that, so... Oh, that's fantastic, Eden. Definitely. Like I said, it's, I think it's, this is a book that's definitely worth tracking out, people. So thank you again today, Eden. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Andy. Hang around. I do need to speak to you off microphone. But this is Andy and thanking Eden again today. So as Don Callis says, everybody, for Impact Wrestling, stay safe and stay over. And we'll see you all next time. Spoken, mate.